0: Hello out there to those of you that are slight gluttons for punishment and want to relive that game last night. This is the GamecocksCoop.com podcast, the official podcast of GamecocksCoop.com on Rivals. I'm Caleb, joined by Alan, who is operating on very little sleep (laughs) uh, after driving back from Charlotte last night. Um, Let's talk about what went wrong. Um, You put out an article this morning that pretty well summed it up, I think, but really the three big factors that we were most worried about going into this game were the most disastrous parts of this game. Um, The offensive line uh, did not look very good. You were not able to generate a pass rush. The running game wasn't able to get anything going. You could also maybe add a fourth factor there, which is you didn't have a lot of depth, and then you suffered several key injuries early in this game. Um, I Let's, let's start this way. Let's look at the five questions that I had for UNC Game Week, uh, which I posted on GameCoxScoop.com at the beginning of the week. And let's see what questions were answered and whether or not we like the answers, whether or not we think that they can be adjusted. The first one I asked is, can the O-line find its best five? E. <laughs> um,
1: I hope that uh-oh. wasn't the best five. Let's pick that apart for a second. You started with what we thought you would on the interior, Garjulo Lee, um, J'Kai Moore. Tackles you started with was it Fugar at left and Henry at right? Case and Henry goes down on the first series, didn't come back. Uh, Wanamaker goes to right tackle. Jackson Hughes takes over at left tackle in the second quarter. You score a touchdown on that first drive, but then after that, you're completely overmatched up front. Um this might be what it is on the offensive line i thought the beamer quote last night saying we are who we are we have to grow up kind of summed up how you feel about it like cam pringle and josiah thompson are going to be good players i think they're not coming through the door this year you're just gonna have to figure this out yeah so
0: uh let's get into that a little bit statistically gamecock suffered nine sacks uh, for reference, North Carolina had 17, or I've, I've seen 16, I've seen 17. I don't know which is right, but I've either way, uh, 16 or 17. After a season yeah, total for my. Yeah. Uh, sacks last, all of last season across 14 games, they got nine last night. And also, South Carolina had negative two yards rushing. If you take out the um, quarterback runs and the quarterback sacks, you end up with two running backs, Juju McDowell and DeCarrian Joyner, who went. 18 carries for 18 yards, not ideal. No, not um, a bad major, but that's not what you want. <laughs> now, some of this is compounded because cause... I do think Case and Henry was prob is probably your most talented of those four tackles that you just spoke about, regardless yeah. of of position. Um, but he had been banged up all throughout camp, came back, played four plays last night gets hurt uh didn't look good he got rolled up pretty good we'll find out how severe that injury is i can't i couldn't tell if it was the same leg or not um if it is obviously that's even more cause for concern but i mean either way uh we'll have to see how that goes didn't really see any freshmen. kind of expected maybe you do maybe that's part of this uh process this coming week against a team that you should beat in Furman. uh Try to see if you know any of those guys are ready. Because you mentioned Josiah Thompson and Cam Pringle, Uh, you also had a pretty good recruiting class last year, and I guess that's sort of where I land on it. If you want to, I don't know, take a a rose-colored lens on the situation. Is I don't know that it was an avoidable situation at tackle. Like I don't think that you can necessarily blame uh, the coaching staff or, or the recruiting all that bad when you look at what Beamer inherited at tackle. Most of those guys were veterans. He got them to stay all five or six years or whatever with the COVID. Um, it's really hard to get tackles out of the transfer portal and fill in the gaps. And then he's recruited pretty well since he's had full recruiting classes. 2023 class, really good. You had two four-star tackles in that class. Uh, 2024 class is looking good. Case and Henry, uh, 2022 class, uh, which is I guess Beamer's first full cycle, but it's still it's tough to you know, kind of make end roads, yeah. uh in that first full cycle, and like I said, he's probably the most talented of the that group. But then you have both he and Nichols go down, and you have no depth behind them, and that's just the way the roster is constructed right now. Um, I think you have help coming, but that doesn't make you feel too good on Sunday morning after a thirty-one to seventeen loss.
1: Yeah, uh, I do ask the questions to um, Tree Babalade and. Trovan Ball with the Lyman who traveled last night as freshman. Marquis Anderson did not make the trip, even though he's only two deep. I'm gonna try to find out more about that on the teleconference tonight. Um are those guys ready? No. I don't know how much worse it could be, though, up front. Uh I think even beyond the sack point, too, is you had Rattler under pressure all night. He had a couple escapes. Um, that first third down conversion to Leggett on the second drive probably should have been a sack too um look the, the, i hate being reductive about stuff i don't like doing the guy sitting at the bar has one take thing but like yeah you're not gonna win a football game if you're blocking like that you could have had tom brady or patrick Mahomes or a robot with a jetpack at quarterback last night you're not winning the way you were up front yeah and i don't
0: know i is it a talent issue? Is it a scheme issue? Those are, uh, Is it mental stuff? There's at least one play in particular I remember that led directly to a sack. Um, I believe the broadcast pointed it out, but Tyshawn Wanamaker got the wrong call, thought the wrong thing, whatever, slid inside, doubled up he on the tackle. Yeah. Um, and let a free runner write yep. in Rattler's face. I don't know how many other times that that happened. Obviously, we're like watching a game, writing, doing a bunch of different stuff. I'll have to go back and dig into that a little bit more. Um, but yes, you think stuff like that can probably be cleaned up to the point that at least on that play, Rattler has a few more seconds <laughs> if there's a man standing in the way. Yeah. Um, but also, yeah, how much of it is uh, talent deficiencies? Jackson Hughes seems like he's working really hard. Played at Charlotte last year. Sydney Fugar seems like he's working really hard. Played at Northern Illinois last year. They weren't recruited to be SEC tackles. And that's what they're being asked to be right now. Um, so if it is a talent issue, if you're going to take your lumps regardless, I think that there might be something to be said about putting the freshman in there and taking your lumps
1: and letting them get better for the future. I also think, just going to the scheming, I do agree with you on that. We talked about that a little bit in the offseason, and I'm sure we'll maybe talk about that maybe this time next week if some of those guys get in the Furman game. But I think there is a, and I'm not going to do a Dow Loggins reset here. There's no point after that game, but I do think there is a scheming thing where you need to start moving some pockets. I'm thinking the best drive of the game last plan for South Carolina was the second touchdown drive, the five plays you saw some tempo on that drive, which is something we talked about too. Um, you hit a couple of big plays. You're moving pockets there. You're getting Rattler off his spot. Um, some throws on the run, moving defense around. Like, that's just what it's going to have to be, I think. I'm not sure if you could ask Rattler to drop back in a pocket 40 times a game and and throw the – I don't think that's going to work.
0: Now, for what it's worth, as bad as the O-line played, you had opportunities to yes. continue to be in that game, to win that game. You think back to the special teams making an impact coming out of the half and you get an onside kick and then Amari and Brown drops a drops wide open on. fourth down. Yeah. Uh, catch um you think about two interceptions and a turnover on downs and that onside kick all only leading to three points uh you didn't take advantage of the opportunities that you were given by your defense and special teams um rattler played pretty well 30 for 39 he had a higher completion percentage at the end of the night than drake may who didn't get touched pretty much all night um so I think there are reasons to be optimistic about what this offense can be. I think there were ways that you still win that game and find a way to feel good about things. It's game one. There's always a huge jump from game one to game two. Um, I'm not on here this morning, like doom and gloom, the season's over, anything like that. But no, it's definitely obvious that
1: some of the biggest things that we were worried about all offseason came to fruition last night. That's kind of where I'm with it too. I think it's, there is something to be said for starting one and two last year and the way you turn that around, I think that's going to be tough for this year with what you have in September on the schedule. But yeah, I think the main question you have now is, okay, these are your issues. And we're going to hit on the other two here. I think these, this is what the problem is. This is what you have in the room. How do you go about mitigating that? Cause you're right. I still think it is a talent issue overall. It's going to have to come on the recruiting trail, but what can you do in the week? How can you scheme To at least mitigate some of those issues whether that's up front whether that's pass rushing um tight end blocking maybe you see more of that maybe you start just maybe more nick elksness i didn't see much of him last night but he was there i mean do you start trying to block more with a tight end like try to go six offensive linemen sort of yeah
0: i mean how much do you miss nate atkins last night um yeah I think that that, that's a pretty big factor because it's not like the offensive line was lights out last year either, but it felt like they were more cohesive once Mm -hmm. they started using that H-back to sort of pick up an extra blocker. So, yeah, maybe you do that. That'll be unfortunate because we did think that Knox and Simon were going to be a strength in the passing game. Uh, We haven't even talked about the injuries yet, but Juice Wells – uh, was pretty much a non-factor last night he played 19 snaps got one target uh then went out uh in the second quarter didn't return um so i mean it was the, Z- the xavier leggett show and to his credit he stepped up uh i can't remember where exactly he ended up landing on the list was it
1: 18th uh, in school I history got the 14th with that last catch but okay. yeah. yeah he had a career high he had and he was great last night. He was a couple, I'm thinking at least two 50-50 balls off the top of my head. There was the deep ball in the first touchdown drive. And there was another one in the second half on that same sideline that he comes down with. Gives you a chance in the red zone. Um, but but that's so he, can't be the, he can't be the entire uh, receiving
0: game, especially um, <laughs> when you have all of these other deficiencies going
1: on. You're going to need some other bailout options. Um, uh, your third leading receiver last night and second leading of guys who finished the game healthy because Marion Brown got hurt was Luke Doty, which was interesting. Um, yeah. and actually pregame, you and I were
0: texting back and forth and we we're like, there are five quarterbacks on the roster. <laughs> um, that actually probably is part of why, uh, knowing that he was one of their wide receiver options. Nick Harbour got about ten snaps. Um, seemed like Doty was getting
1: in uh, before him. one block for just he had that that scramble by Spencer. He threw a lead block. That's probably the most noteworthy thing I saw.
0: Yeah, and he looks big, <laughs> looks yeah. big and strong. Um, it's a good block. <laughs> so uh, we'll we'll have to we'll, we we could talk more about the receiving problems uh, in the future. That certainly isn't the headline today. No. Um, my second question at the beginning of the week was will the running game be serviceable we talked a little bit about this before Uh, that's another place where you seemingly have a talent deficiency seemingly have hopefully some help coming um, but you're in this sort of stopgap era Uh, you have to carry and joiner he's done everything in his time here can't question his leadership or willingness to be a team player any of those things did not look like an sec running back last night again I don't know if Walter Payton would have looked like an SEC running back no. last night uh, behind that offensive line. So it's it's hard to say where the the blame lies there. Um, but eighteen carries for eighteen yards from your two main running backs is not going to get it done.
1: Yep, uh, zero carries for Mario Anderson Jr. last night. Zero carries for dj Braswell. Not that I was expecting a lot to see a lot of Braswell, but I'm a little surprised that Anderson didn't get a spin at all. um is that another just it is where it is thing? I mean, is there a way you can scheme your way into a little bit more rushing yards? Do you think you did run the ball well in short yardage? You had two rushing touchdowns inside the five, if you want to look at that. Um you weren't in a lot of short yardage situations outside the goal line because you couldn't run the ball in first or second down. But I do think if you wanna if you're talking about serviceable, which is that's the word you use there. Can you run the ball in short yardage? Can you pick up first downs here and there where you need to? Maybe. I still think there might be a way to do that, just based on what I saw last night. If you can make some of that offensive line jump we just talked about, um, you will not have the explosive running game this year.
0: Actually, I I, I think a couple of those obvious rushing situations, I'm thinking of a third and short. I'm thinking of those two goal line situations were the best – Yeah, push that I saw from the line. touchdown. I
1: think it was actually Fugar who got a really good block in there. Spring Joiner.
0: So yeah, I mean, in that scenario, they're just like trying to create a wedge, blow the defensive Mm -hmm. line off the ball. If they only have that job, they have the size and strength to do that job. It seems like when all the other elements get brought in um things were getting a little bit more complicated i think you probably got to throw it a little bit more on first down i mean i know obviously you did that some in the second half um i understand that you were trying to establish the run game in the first half but once it was clear that wasn't happening you were putting a hampered offensive line in second third and long at the beginning of a lot of those drives um i think i saw five I'll pull up the exact stat. I want to say it was five out of eight drives
1: uh, were five plays or less last night. You can't have Yeah, that. you had the two three-and-outs in the first half to go with your two touchdown drives. That obviously can't happen in any game, but especially when you're facing a Drake-May offense. Um, so it was
0: actually worse than that. Nine out of 12
1: drives yeah, were five I mean, plays or less last night. That's, that's just not going to get it done, obviously. Um, I do, again, if, okay, if passing the ball is your strength – if you're going to build your team around that but you also don't think you have the protection the time the whatever to push the ball vertically and last night you didn't have the weapons to do it except for Leggett, quite frankly with the injuries short intermediate passes on first and second down I mean, they tried some of that with some screens some slip passes uh there was the one bubble screen to ab on the touchdown drive in the second quarter that i think sprung for like 30 yards um And he had one of his better nights uh, as a gamecock as
0: well uh, Mm -hmm. before he got hurt. And I do think that there's something to be said for the scheme getting him in space and him taking advantage of it. Absolutely. I think that's something that, yeah, you're going to have to do going forward. Uh, Rattler was efficient throwing the ball down the field to leg it, but he also. At the half, I think, had 171 rushing yards, and 91 of those were yards after the catch by his receivers. So there was something to be said in those two first half touchdown drives for dumping it off
1: quick, getting a guy in space, and letting him run with it. That might be your running game, short passes. That might just be what it has to be, and you talk about mitigating that. Um, I think you can make that work. Um, I think that might be more where your tight ends get involved too. I mean, it was pretty much garbage time, but we saw, I think – Two or three catches for Josh Scheinman on crossing routes in the fourth quarter, just short stuff over the middle. The, the, the type of stuff you run against the pre-vent defense, I know, but North Carolina is trying to keep the top on there. But still, if you can get him over the middle a little bit, that might be a way to pick up some yards for a second down. Um,
0: yeah, another big question that I had um, in the five questions for the week was what will Logan's offensive philosophy look like? I don't know that we have an answer to that question <laughs> because I think – Pretty quickly, it became apparent anything more than a three-step drop uh, was not getting the ball out. Any anything more than a one or two yard, like you know, dive play, wasn't going to be too effective running the ball. Um, I guess some of that tempo on that drive that you were talking about, um, mm-hmm. and some of that uh, screen game, uh, definitely shown through as slight differences from last year. Uh, but really, it was just Rattler running running for his life and throwing it up to Xavier
1: Legat, which worked quite a lot. But also, he got sacked nine times. Yeah, I don't even want to touch the logins thing today. I just don't think that's fair to him. I don't think that's really fair to this offense uh, after one game. And yeah, I, I, not to you know, take away a point, but I don't know what you even say about Dowell Loggins or say about his scheme after nine sacks.
0: No, no doubt. Um, another question that I had at the beginning of the week was what freshman will make an impact? Um, we did get a little bit of a few answers there last night. You had like a weird, like poetry. I don't know how else to, to, to say it, where Nick and Manwari obviously last season came in on the first drive as a true freshman after RJ Rudrick got hurt. Um, and then last night, Nick Aminwari gets hurt on the first play, right after the first play. Tried to come back for like a couple plays, but it was obvious he couldn't go. Uh, And then Jalen Kilgore uh, had to to step in. At first, uh, there was a couple times I saw him get over a little late in in an edge run. Um, He got beat on a couple of uh, deep balls, but I thought overall he played pretty well. Um, And by the... Fourth quarter, when the defense in general was playing pretty well, there were several occasions I saw him come up and make big time run stops and, and fill the
1: gaps. He's not and afraid of contact. That was the first thing that stood to me. He he's got, honestly got some even in him too. He's not afraid of contact at all. He's he wants to be in there. He's pretty good in run stopping. I think he's going to be. Um, that's a positive last night for sure. That you again put a true freshman in a game at safety and didn't. I mean, I'm not gonna say you didn't miss a beat, but. He didn't look out of place in the game is more, I guess, what I would say.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, Other freshmen that were asked to make an impact, um, Pop Howard got some snaps. Obviously, Mo goes down with an
1: injury. That one didn't look good. Um, No. We'll well, find out. Like a free play on the kickoff. Like a – was it friendly fire? I couldn't actually tell. It looked like a South Carolina player might have got him.
0: Yeah, I didn't go back and and look at it yet, but – it, yeah, it. his reaction didn't look good. No. Uh, that's obviously after a year of him battling back from an ACL injury. Uh, I don't feel optimistic on that. We'll find out more whenever they choose to to tell us that. Um, but, yeah, that was – I mean, other than Kilgore, that was the biggest uh, freshman impact, I thought. You didn't see much from um
1: Zulu. Yeah, I think he only line. had one snap, Umiya Zulu. The offensive lineman up front didn't play. We already talked about that. We hit on Nick Harbor. Would you say 10 snaps? Didn't get a touch. Um, I'm trying to think of anybody else. There were 13 on the trip. We were talking about that before the game. That's how many. And I'm sure um, some also played on some special teams and stuff. And we'll have yeah. to go back and look
0: at that. But uh, one more note on Kilgore. He actually was the second leading tackler last night. Uh, 12 total tackles. Yeah. Five solo. Um, that was – right behind debo williams uh, if we wanted to talk about another like high point which i'm sure we'll get to uh i thought the linebackers played pretty well yeah. but you're obviously a little worried about the depth now if kappa doesn't uh make it back but let's get into the defense a little bit more um what my last question of the five questions was can the defense s- stop the run uh how, how do you feel
1: about the answer of that question because I, I have some mixed feelings I actually think he did okay in the running game. I know that the the numbers don't look great. That's 39 carries for 168 yards total. Um, Obviously, there's no sack adjusted there because there were no sacks. Um, It's kind of the sort of the just keep the top on the defense thing. I mean, I think of the one 29-yard run for British Brooks, but you didn't really give up big plays in the running game. And... Once it got to a point where North Carolina was clearly running the ball in the fourth quarter, up two scores, you were still able to stop that. You forced two punts. I think you were feeling better. We talked about Kilgore a second ago. Williams Stone, Blaine had a pretty good game, I thought. Um, I think it's better than last year. I don't think it. A, I don't think it's good. And B, I don't know how much it's going to matter if you can't get some pressure. Teams know they can just sit back and pass.
0: Yeah, so North Carolina had 19 rushes for 182 yards last night. Uh, oh, sorry, that's the second half total. Um they had 39 rushes for 168 yards last night. Um but I agree with you, second quarter or second half was a lot better. Fourth quarter in particular only 9 rushes yeah. for 34 yards. Um and That's obvious play, that's when, they were, say, yeah. that's when they were i say that's when they're really trying to run it. Um I think the defense got a little shell shocked by the Emory injury mm-hmm. and um, maybe the Kaba injury a little bit, but definitely the Emory injury because I think he stepped up as like a leader, especially in that defensive backfield as well. Um, but once they settled in uh, into the second half, I think you felt pretty good. We'll have to see if that continues going forward. I'll give him a. I'll give the run defense like a c plus
1: that's exactly what i would have said too for talking about grades here yeah um can you stop the run yes do i think stopping the run is going to be a strength no as i guess how i would put that but i think you're at least capable this defense by the end of the game felt very much
0: like the defense from last year with maybe a couple of upgrades talent wise a couple of downgrades uh experience wise probably should get better over the season. To me, I felt like and the defense the gave you
1: you're gonna face all year
0: definitely. And I felt like the defense gave you a chance to win the game yeah. um in a time when you were only within two score when you were still within two scores, um they created two turnovers, a turnover on downs, um shut out uh North Carolina in the fourth quarter and you just couldn't take advantage
1: on offense yeah uh we should mention o'donnell fortune and Kwan banks with interceptions last night um a really good play by banks on that one i thought just kind of get a high point the ball on a 50 50 and getting up there um i think you still feel pretty good about your secondary i don't want to again drake may did what he did but 24 for 32 269 like if you said that before the game was may's line you probably take it if you're south carolina i think Definitely, and if I he, mean, most we, of the quarterbacks we, you're going to face this year can't make some of the throws he made last night.
0: We talked about going into it that it was um, a that he he was very efficient with the football last year. Only had what eight total seven, turnovers. Uh, I think it was seven or eight.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So yeah, getting two off of him, and you know, outside of the third quarter where they had their two most efficient drives, and they were really at the possible time right coming off that onside kick and uh, put South Carolina on their heels. Uh, I felt like the defense played pretty well. And even then, you bounced back and gave the offense a chance to to come back if they had it in them. Um, You had two red zone trips there for the offense that ended in turnover on downs. Fourth and long turnover on downs where you kind of shot yourself in the foot. Uh, Let's talk about that quarterback battle just a little bit more. So... (laughs) It's it's kind of sad for for Rattler, I think, because this could have been a exclamation point um, in his road to trying to get drafted next year or whatever. Uh, he actually, in many ways, I think outplayed Drake May. Um, Rattler had a higher completion percentage. Uh, they had pretty much the exact same quarterback rating. Obviously, Rattler, Rattler didn't turn over the ball, um, and pretty much any time that Spencer had time to throw, he was hitting open receivers uh but of course the offensive line kind of let him down for that to turn into an
1: actual victory for spencer yeah i think if you get again you're talking about just extrapolating one game to 11 more i think if you get that version of spencer rattler every week you you take it no turnovers we talked about that all week like no turnovers i didn't off the top of my head I can't think of any really bad decisions You're like oh that should have been picked or sloppy with the ball or anything like that maybe you have one I don't have one immediately um no it felt he... like
0: Spencer Rattler took a step forward it felt like all the buzz that we heard in the offseason was correct it just felt
1: like he didn't have the time to take advantage I thought he made good decisions the ball placement I'm thinking again the two jump balls to Leggett were inch perfect throws um I thought he commanded the offense well when they went tempo, especially that second touchdown drive, like we talked about. He looked comfortable there. Um, I think you feel better about Spencer Rowling than you did before the game, but also maybe worse about the passing game, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah,
0: so I got to give credit to uh, Bill Fred L. on Reddit, because I was scrolling through Reddit this morning looking at the postgame thread, and he said, Spencer Eiler made her, her, Herculean, wow, well, Herculean efforts to pull a rabbit out of a hat when a chunk of the team signed him up to be an assistant for the knife throwing act. I thought that was a beautiful <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It's. Uh, I don't think that you can put very much of it at all um, at his feet. Maybe not. I, I really can't. I mean, there's a couple times that he almost escaped the pocket, got tripped up. Turned into a sack. May have been a big play. Still can't really place the blame on him on that, though. He was just trying to do what he could do. Um, maybe got a little happy-footed there at the end, but can't really blame someone that's been sacked nine times for that either.
1: No, I'm interested to see how that looks next week. Uh, we'll get into Furman more. But if this offensive line looks better against an FCS defensive line, which, geez, what a show we'll have this time next week if that's not the case. But – um what does that look like with clean pockets What does that look like with time with comfort just what are these steps you see from Spencer out that you could actually and again not that if he puts up he could put up a thousand yards next week against Furman I still don't know where that translates to blocking SEC defensive lines but still what does that look like with time something you can look at next week
0: yeah I was actually trying to see and I'll keep looking it up uh how Furman's defensive stats well, they won their opener. They beat
1: Tennessee Tech on Thursday. I know that. I think they gave up 10 points. I don't know how many sacks they had.
0: Yeah, because, I don't know, based on what you saw last night, I think if they play – if if they have a decent defensive line, they could still get to Rattler a couple times. Yeah, they um, probably can.
1: I, I, I don't know if, if I can look at, excuse me, any defensive line on the schedule and say they can't get to Rattler at least a couple times after what I watched last night.
0: But I mean – We're talking about last season. UNC was 129th out of 130 teams in tackle for loss. And they had 16.
1: 16 tackles for for
0: losses last night.
1: Yeah. South Carolina had one. You had the uh, Debo Williams tackle for loss on a, I think it was like a first down handoff in the second quarter.
0: Yeah. And again, it is possible that North Carolina is better than we think. It's week one. Uh, That's the catch. Their, their defensive line is full of former four star recruits. Uh, they have two pretty good linebackers, uh, both of which had some sacks on some blitzes last night. Um, Gene Chiswick's a good defensive coordinator. Uh, you know, there are reasons that North Carolina probably took a step forward, uh, but
1: you still have to, you know, hold some accountability to the offensive line for giving so up. So, for seconds. what it's worth, I'm looking at it now. Furman did win their opener 45-10 to 10 against a not very good FCS team in Tennessee Tech. Only had one sack, though, in that game last week.
0: Well, there you go. Maybe you have a little bit of an opportunity to get get some things right uh, before Georgia's- Georgia. Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Now, if we, if we do really quickly want to kind of like talk about uh, what things look like going forward, that Mississippi State game is now – very Huge. crucial, yeah. um, because otherwise you are staring one and four in the face. Uh, assuming you beat Furman, you still have Georgia and Tennessee left in this first five-game stretch, um, both on the road. So that Mississippi State game is going to be crucial just to kind of get your bearings. If you can start two and three in this stretch, I think you'll still you still have most of your goals ahead of you. <laughs> um, if you start one and four, the wheels start to feel like they might get a little wobbly.
1: Yeah. I think, I I think we talked about this on one of our early season um, camp shows, but you got to find a way to split UNC and Mississippi state. All right. Well, now you got to be Mississippi state. Then that's, that's what a split means like that. I don't want to use the term must win in September. Cause maybe you weren't talking about a national title or something for this team anyway, but if you want to get to a bowl game, if you want to feel like you're taking a step forward this year, yeah, you're going to have to find a way to win that game. I think.
0: All right. Have we beat up on them enough? Do you have any other sort of takeaways or or things that we need to look uh, look at going forward, or do you want to try to pull out some bright spots?
1: Let's let's uh let's pull out some bright spots here while uh, while we're still on the show before we before we sign off here. All right. Yeah. Let's try to get Rosie here with it. And for um, what it's worth, I just looked at this too. Mississippi State. against an FCS opponent yesterday. Only had three sacks. So.
0: All right, so yeah, maybe there's there's some opportunity there. Um, although their head coach is a former defensive guy, yeah. we'll get into we that. Sort of correct weeks, that. But... I just noticed that. Um, all right, it's hard to start off bright spots without talking about the special teams, like it's been a bright spot pretty much throughout the Beamer era, throughout the Limbo era. Um, that you know credit the combo of them the onside kick i thought was perfectly timed perfectly executed set you up for success um and then the offensive line i mean then the offense just couldn't uh, convert afterwards but uh, mitch jeter moves to a perfect 12 for 12 on college field goals um didn't really give unc much uh room for kick returns or punt returns even though they have a couple of dangerous guys back there I'll give the uh, the special teams
1: an A. Special teams an A, again, as usual, You we were mid-cheater put the ball in the back of the end zone, and I think, every time. Um, I don't have a whole lot to add there. It's just a strength of this team. We, if we're going to say the weaknesses of this team that we thought are still weaknesses, the strengths are still strengths, I think, too, which that goes back to what we said about Rattler, but also the special teams, for sure. Um, and especially, again, Pete Lembo, Beamer talked about a post-game game they said they studied North Carolina's kick alignments from last year. They noticed there might be an open space in that front line, that if Mitch Jeter did it right, he could kick the ball 10 yards and still have enough time and space to recover the ball. And that is exactly what you saw there. Um, I'll throw another positive in there. Um, your linebacker play, we talked about it a little bit, but I thought Debo and Stone both played really well. I think you feel, even with the Kaba injury, I think you still feel good about what you have there.
0: Yeah, I can really only think of maybe like two minus plays. I would give uh, Debo one was he just was outmatched by their tight end Morales. Uh, He got caught in a man coverage situation and and got beat. That's going to happen sometimes. Um, And another, right after that that big tackle for loss play, uh, May scrambled a little bit. He could have had a tackle there for like three or four yards, missed the tackle, May goes for... 15 or whatever, and got all of that yardage back, um, but that that's really the only two that I could think of off the top of my head. Debo Williams led the team in tackles last night, uh, was aggressive, had a couple of pretty big hits, and yeah, I thought Stone Bland definitely showed that he took a step forward from year one to year, year two last night, so I think you feel good as long as both those guys stay healthy. Uh, hopefully, Pop Power can step up. Hopefully, Ben Martin Scott gets back from uh, his injury and I mean, hopefully Mokaba does too, but like we said, we're just not... (laughs) It didn't look too good last night, but we'll see. Um, But yeah, you need a little bit of a rotation there, because I think those guys played a little bit too many snaps last night. um, Got gassed. uh, So Another positive, uh, we talked about it a little bit, but Xavier Leggett seems to have taken a step forward. Um, If you can get Juice Wells back, um, if you can get Amarion Brown back, you've got to feel pretty good about your receivers. If you can keep rather upright <laughs> long enough uh, to kind of distribute it around but uh yeah Xavier look looked like a dude last night he was probably he's the best receiver on the field for either team no
1: question about it, it had probably two best catches in the field last night for either team with those 250 50 balls we talked about um I'm trying to think where else I can throw a positive on this um that game could have got out of hand I know nobody wants to hear that that's fine I'm not here to tell you you should celebrate, you should celebrate not getting blown out um, in a game you thought you had a chance to win. But that's 31-14 with UNC having the ball in plus territory trying to go up 38-14. And they didn't score again the rest of the night. You get a pick from McDonald Fortune. You get a field goal off of that. Um, you get a pick from Kwan Banks. You don't score. You get a stop. You get another stop. That, I think I put it somewhere on the live chat we were doing. But that felt like it was heading toward the blowout after you didn't score down 31-14, and it didn't happen. Again, I'm not telling you to celebrate that at all, but I think that's at least
0: worth noting. No, and I think that hits on a larger point that we've seen throughout the Shane Beamer era, is even when maybe the talent doesn't fully match up, uh, when some things are going wrong, it does seem like that there is a belief, a a culture of belief within this program, a culture of... um, continuing to fight and yeah, you continue to fight throughout the game, came up short. You got blown about Florida last year, came back, uh, pulled off those wins against Tennessee and Clemson. I think that, uh, as long as that culture of continuing to fight sticks, that they will figure some things out and it's not, the wheels are not going to completely fall off. You're not going to have a three win season or, or, whatever. Um, you know, drink some water this morning, uh, take a step back You got to get right week uh we'll start previewing that uh, on gamecockscoop.com starting tomorrow we'll be back on the podcast for thursday um but yeah the, the the sky is not falling
1: i think that there there's still some reasons to be optimistic season long yeah you started one and two last year and you won eight games i'm not telling you that's going to happen again but there is precedent for it um that's i guess what i would just leave it as is you still have 11 football games to play all right. I think that that about does it for
0: our coverage of this one. If you want to go back, we have three different articles already. We're going to have some film breakdown here at the beginning of the week, uh, continue to just stew in uh, what happened last night, and then we will turn our focus to the Furman Paladins, uh, first home game of the season, night game, should be a fun time. Uh, until next time, this has been the GameCockScoop.com podcast. We'll see you.